0: degree day then i would love some hot soup
1: great because i got you hot soup for (laughs) summer
0: it's a summer soup
1: it's a all year round classic says
0: people in certain areas of the country yep uh we have a orangey soup Mm -hmm. and a whitey soup
1: yes a whitey soup a
0: whitey soup Uh, And then some calamari, which I'm really excited about.
1: Yeah, we got calamari, and then we got clam chowder and crab bisque, which are not really summer foods, but some people in New England will say that they are summer
0: foods. Yeah, we had this conversation with friends of ours from the New England area, and we are at difference of opinions about this.
1: I mean, you can make a case that any seafood dish is a beach dish, and any beach dish is a summer dish.
0: This is like when we, when, like, on the cooking shows, they're like, all right, make a make a shack, like a beach shack, and then somebody pulls out clam chowder.
1: <laughs> right, but, like, it, it's not, like, sometimes it's cold at the beach.
0: Yeah, but I don't know anybody that goes to the beach when it's cold. I've been to the beach when it's cold. <laughs> that's a, that's a dreary dreary, like, Manchester by the Sea, depressed.
1: It's beautiful. Yeah, and cold. And sad.
0: Well, this food is not beautiful. No, this food is beautiful. This food is you're like this food this, is disgusting. This food is is beautiful, not sad. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm excited. We're gonna turn we're gonna
1: the, eat it because we're really hungry and it is smelling and looking good and not at all sad. I'm gonna so. turn
0: the AC up real high so it's like a cold Boston ha, ha, winter, ha, 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 ha. and then we'll be right back.
1: So Dylan, how did you enjoy your lunch?
0: It was very good. I stand corrected. I am wrong. You can eat soup in the summertime. Good. I uh, I was just... It was very much like a good hearty after I had just worked out meal. It was exactly what hit the spot.
1: I'm glad. I like soup all the time. I especially like it in the winter, but... Sometimes I feel a little silly ordering soup in the summer. Right. But it's still a good lunch.
0: I think it's different because there's so many different kinds of soups. Right. You can't limit yourself. But I would definitely not have ordered these hearty soups in the summertime normally.
1: Yeah. I used to live in Boston, so I have had New England clam chowder in the summer. (laughs) And I don't think it's that weird, but I understand why somebody would, especially when there are lots of, like, cold soup options or just not hot milk soup options.
0: Yeah, I feel like the crab soup would have been good cold or hot.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, you could make it cold.
0: I was. I would love to eat it cold, but I ate all of it, so... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so should we mention where we got our food from? Yes,
0: we got our food from Fish Bar.
1: Fish Bar is part of the DMK hospitality group, and it's a fish shack concept focusing on New England and New Orleans seafood dishes. And, and our order is focused on New England.
0: And for being in the city, it does give off a little, like, beachy time bar vibe.
1: It too. does. I think it's a fun hang, and they have a lot of different seafood options that you would expect. Like, you can get oysters, you can get sandwiches apparently their quote-unquote legendary crabby patty has appeared on the food network's sandwich king
0: oh wow a show i've never heard of it's one man joe exotic and he uh, he owns a bunch of sandwiches and he <laughs> treats them like shit
1: <laughs> he just keeps sandwiches in cages
0: i'm the sandwich king
1: yes yes that's true that's what
0: What I think is interesting is I've never been to this place before, Mm -hmm. but it is one of those that I have walked by hundreds upon hundreds of times because it's right next to my work. Yeah. And it's funny because we are now working our way around. We've done, like, two or three different... uh, Episodes about places that are within walking distance from my work that I've never been to.
1: Yeah, I think at some point in doing this podcast, we realized that there were a lot of different dishes we can talk about that are within walking or biking distance of our house, and so we stopped going to places that were really far away. Yeah. But, yeah, so DMK, or Fish Bar, is next to DMK, is also in our neighborhood, and that's where we got this from, so I mentioned that New England um, seafood is one of its focuses, and that's what we're going to talk about in terms of the dishes. Do you want to start with the calamari? Yes. What did I, you think?
0: Uh, so it was interesting because this was not the normal calamari that you get because it was normally I'm used to getting calamari like popcorn shrimp, mm-hmm. where you have your calamari, your Squid rings fried And then you have uh, Like a side of like cocktail sauce Right Or, or mayo or something Or tartar sauce mm-hmm. This was like Loaded nachos Or poutine Like calamari I felt Because it was like calamari And then cheese on it And then the hot peppers uh, And I, I, liked, I think I liked it better than normal calamari
1: Cool. So this is called, on Fish Bar's menu, it's called Federal Hill Calamari. Okay. And you probably don't get
0: the Federal Hill references.
1: I don't know why most people in Chicago would.
0: Is it a Boston thing?
1: It's a Rhode Island
0: thing. Oh, okay.
1: So it's a place in Providence, Rhode Island, and the style of calamari that we had is Rhode Island-style calamari. So have you seen anywhere, culturally, just people from Rhode Island making a big deal about calamari? No.
0: I normally... I don't think that I know. I, your dad is the only person from Rhode Island that I know.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah. I don't think we have any friends from Rhode Island. That's and,
1: interesting.
0: I mean, not that I wouldn't love to have some. It's not a, it's not a prejudice kind of thing.
1: I mean, I have friends from Rhode Island. Yeah, but you
0: also grew up, grew up. And yeah, I grew up go go East there. Coast, and, I, in, yeah. Coming from Oklahoma, I have no, I have no reason that I would run into people from Rhode Island regularly.
1: I guess so. I guess like. I was talking to my coworkers in California about going to Indiana, and one of them was like, I don't really think Indiana exists.
0: <laughs> well, it's really more of a state of mind.
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a troubled state but, of mind. That's the new, yeah.
0: that's the new uh, billboard sign that you see in Indiana is, hell is real, but Ill, it, Indiana is not.
1: Hell is real, Indiana is a construct. Yeah. Um... No, like, I've, I've also heard that kind of rumor about Delaware, where people are like, I don't think Delaware is real, because I've never met any from, anyone from Delaware. Well,
0: I think, I would, I, I'm not that far in the camp, but I do think that uh, I was part of the camp that I got ridiculed by your people that were like, when I said, when I mistakenly said that Delaware was a part of New England.
1: It's not.
0: It's all in the same general area.
1: It's in the same general area in the sense that, like,
0: geographically, it's all northeast.
1: Sort of. It's like, yeah, like
0: northeast of Oklahoma.
1: Spain and Hungary are both in Europe.
0: They are. So that so they're both a part of Europe. You're proving my point.
1: Like Delaware, yeah, but like Hungary is not part of like the Iberian Peninsula, and like Spain is not part of. Right. I'm
0: not saying Delaware Central is a part Europe. of Boston.
1: Okay, but New England <laughs> is. Whatever. <laughs> in any event, um, Rhode Island is real. Okay. Um, and Rhode Island has its own style of calamari, and I think...
0: So people are obsessed with Rhode Island calamari?
1: In Rhode Island. Okay. And I, I mean, somebody's going to... We're going to have a Rhode Island listener, we probably don't, but they're going to be like, excuse me, I'm not obsessed with calamari, <laughs> but um, they do have their own style of calamari, which is what this is with the peppers.
0: I never even conceived this before like I really liked the peppers because I feel like the pepper juice like seeped into the calamari so it was like a lot of just like it was like a dip without needing a dip for it
1: yeah that's the idea so I was researching what is Rhode Island calamari and everybody seemed to describe a different way of making it but basically it's fried calamari served with hot peppers and garlic butter sauce. Mm. And so some places were like you put the peppers and the sauce on the side. Some were like you fry it and then toss it in the sauce and the peppers. This was obviously tossed together.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and then the Parmesan I think is just this place adding it.
0: I was pretty surprised because, and normally when I go and pick it up for us, it's like I know exactly what it is. Uh, and I was very, I was surprised, we'll talk about what I was surprised about the soup later, mm-hmm. but I was surprised that there was, it wasn't just regular cal- calamari. Yeah, no. Which it's regular being like what you would get at like
1: what you would get a at bar. Like, like at TJ like, Friday. Like a lo-
0: Long John Silver's. Or
1: exactly. Yeah, no, it's a specific style. And I was, I was surprised that DMK does Rhode Island style calamari because you don't, see it outside of rhode island or new england that much which is why you didn't know about it
0: Uh
1: um but i agree with you i think the peppers add something to it and i think because i lived in new england when i was younger i think i first ate calamari rhode island style and then was surprised later on to get calamari without peppers
0: what's the kind of peppers that like everybody in Chicago loses their mind for jardinera yeah i feel like this was very Giardiniera-y. yeah yeah and, but i liked it so much better than i like when they try to force jardinera on like whatever you're eating, like a ha. sandwich in Chicago.
1: Yeah, just like, we put it on Jardinera to make it, or put Jardinera on it to make it Chicago like style. just
0: because you spicy pickled a carrot doesn't make <laughs> it, like, good.
1: Yeah, and this was, this was just peppers. It wasn't, yeah. like, other
0: there, spicy but pickle there was like, items. But there's like, two or three different kinds of peppers. Yeah, there were a
1: it. few types of peppers. I wasn't sure if maybe there was a pickle or two in there.
0: Yeah, no, I liked it. I was, I, I think that's the way that I prefer, because... A lot of times, calamari, the problem is, it's like a cheese curd, where you have to eat it right then and there. Yep. But I feel if you put a little cheese and vinegar on it, and spice, it, you don't have to eat, it It, it doesn't lose some of it, it kind of changes it. Mm-hmm. It's like, not the same like, that it would be if it was like, fresh and hot, but it's also not as like... Unedible.
1: Yeah, it definitely maintained a lot of edibility even in transit, yeah. where I bet it would be a little bit better hot, fresh out of the oven, but it wasn't terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: I Like, I think it was mostly still crispy
0: and no, tasty. No, I, I, I was, I, I won't say that it was my favorite part of the meal, but it was definitely, like, it was not a bad part of the meal, but it was, like, surprising in a good way that I don't get surprised by food very often.
1: Cool. That's you know? great. Yeah, I, I enjoyed the peppers. I haven't had calamari with the peppers for a while and I was having fun making a bite of like one pepper yeah. and one
0: calamari. Yeah. Well, and the cheese and I feel like I feel like there was garlic, but the like the cheese was was a good touch too.
1: Yeah. So calamari in general yes. is an interesting little backstory. Tell me. Yeah, so Obviously, squid is something... Wait,
0: that was squid?
1: <laughs> we'll get into why you felt fooled. Um, so, yeah. So, for anyone who isn't familiar, calamari is just, like, fried squid rings. Yeah. And so, we're not going to get into the history of squid as a <laughs> culinary item because that's vast. Like, most cultures that have access to the ocean, eat squid.
0: If you want to know the history of squid, uh, I re- recommend the book 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea.
1: <laughs> You're going to recommend, like, SpongeBob. I
0: recommend I recommend the book One Fish, Two Fish, Squid Fish, Blue Fish. <laughs> it
1: gets into the history of squid as yep. an animal. Um, and then... We're, so we're going to focus specifically on fried squid rings, yeah. which is a dish that we call calamari in the U.S. Yes. Um, and we're going to focus specifically on its history in the U.S. Oh,
0: it's not called calamari other places?
1: It's called calamari
0: in Italy. Oh, okay. That's like, where we get it from?
1: Yeah, well, squid is calamari is just Italian for squid. And Italians have been eating fried calamari in a manner similar to calamari, as it's understood in the U.S., for a, a really long time. I
0: never made the connection, but now that you say that, it is mostly, I see it mostly at Italian restaurants.
1: Yeah, it's more, it's common at Italian restaurants, at seafood restaurants, and at sort of places that specialize in fried appetizers. Yeah,
0: well, and that's what I think of, like, I was thinking, like, Italian restaurants, and then, like, lesser like, Italian hole-in-the-wall pizza places. Sure. Like, Bajobo's down the street it from Bajonos. us. Bajono's. Bajono's probably has calamari on their menu.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: I'm not speaking out of turn. We don't know anything about this We've restaurant. We've never eaten at this place. But Maybe it's one we of those should res- do that before we It's leave. one of those restaurants where you just see on your walk all the time.
1: Yes. So, fried calamari as a ubiquitous appetizer in the United States has actually a pretty short history
0: it was frank calamari (laughs) fresh off the boat from italy we
1: already established that calamari is just the italian word
0: for squid his name was frank squid
1: (coughs) okay frank squid invented it he goes
0: back it goes back to the time where you were what your last name is so he just
1: was a squid he
0: was a squid
1: and he said we need to eat more squid (laughs) it's kind of weird So, um, like, up until, like, the 70s or so, most of the calamari that fishermen caught, they either used it as bait for, like, more popular fish, or they just discarded it. Oh. So we were catching all this calamari, and we were just, like, not really using
0: it. It's sea trash.
1: Yeah, it was like, we don't want this. No one's eating this in America. So... This is what happened, is the traditional fish that people in Long Island were catching were, and I say people, but I mean, like, fishing companies. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> this the, is the 60s. Like, this is large-scale fisheries. Yeah. Um, we're catching, like, flounder and cod, and that's what was selling. So the, I guess the, people started to realize that those fish were being depleted, and so there's there's an organization, the Cornell Cooperative Extension Division, which was aiming to improve New York State communities through partnerships in the areas of agriculture and food systems.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this, like, agricultural organization was, like, We need to figure out a way to get people to eat the things we're still catching.
0: I feel like this is very similar to the salmon episode that we did. Yeah, it's
1: similar to the salmon, and it's a little bit similar to, like, the Thai food, where it's, like... We need people to... Our favorite foods were manipulated by government organizations.
0: Well, I just feel like now we're, like, to the point where in... So, right now, there's some government agency being, like, you know what nobody is eating? Sea amenities... (laughs) <laughs> let's let's make those a delicacy
1: yeah I mean basically like they were like oh we're catching all this squid it's edible lots of people around the world eat it yeah. we just need to convince Americans that it's cool to eat squid and so a whole bunch of different first like New York State organizations got on board of like let's try to sell this Long Island squid in New York yeah uh, but that's not really. Enough to sustain a fishing industry. So then the Economic Development Administration of the Federal Commerce Department that's got on board with of, that's the That's a project. lot of words. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of bureaucracies. A bunch of, like, really boring government agencies.
0: Government propaganda agencies.
1: We're like, let's get people to eat squids. So this is literally like what I think is so funny is you have these agencies with like 10 word names and they just have like project squid. And so they (laughs) were like sending memos from the federal government to chefs being like, here's why you should put squid on your menu.
0: (laughs) I mean, if this were around today, which I'm not, I'm sure it's not, not it's okay. Food network We will pay you guys a lot of money and subsidize the shows if you put... These particular... If you put squid on your menus... Yeah,
1: I mean, you joke about that, but, like, we just watched Alex vs. America where the guy was representing the potato counter. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not joking at all. Like, yeah. now I'm thinking that every single Chopped episode we've watched... There's, there's
1: some lobby trying to get an ingredient on Chopped. I mean, they did have dried squid on an episode. Big recently.
0: sour candy <laughs> that, you can't, that you can't call Please. Sour Patch Kid. You
1: can't say the bread is so it's just, like, child-shaped sour candies. Yeah. Um, so they, so basically this is what happened. So the chefs got these venues and I think they were like subsidizing, like, here's some squid, get people to eat it. Yeah. And what they kind of realized is that what you do if you're trying to, you've learned this on Chopped. If you're trying to make someone eat something that they think is gross, what do you do? Fry it. Exactly. <laughs> I
0: was going to be like, add butter. No, yeah, ah.
1: and fry it. Right. Yeah. And so that's like... What they did, but then they were like, well, we're not going to get people to eat an entree of this. So that's why it, like, ended up on the menu as an appetizer. And then the federal government also encouraged restaurants to call it calamari rather than squid. Fried squid. Yeah, so these memos like, here's an idea. You could use the Italian name for it instead of the American name for it.
0: I do like it, though. Like, it is better fried, for sure. Like, if you've had, like, sushi squid. Yep. It's tough to eat sushi squid.
1: Sushi squid is alright, but the texture is not a texture that I'm super used it to or comfortable
0: might be, with. It might be sushi squid and sushi octopus are the two where it's just like, sushi's hard enough to eat whole, mm-hmm. but it doesn't, It you, you can't break through and I end up like grossly taking half of it back uh-huh. out of my mouth when I eat sushi squid. Ugh because I can't chew it.
1: It's hard to chew. Octopus is one that's like so difficult to get the texture right. Yeah. Like it's delicious if the texture is right, but it's tricky.
0: Yeah. I much uh, prefer like the charred octopus than like yeah. sushi octopus.
1: Yeah. Um I think I definitely like cooked octopus better than raw octopus. Yeah. I always feel a little uncomfortable eating octopus cuz they're like as smart as we are.
0: Look, given the opportunity, you wouldn't eat human?
1: Probably not.
0: Sorry, this is a different podcast. <laughs>
1: You're like, nobody Nobody said that. No,
0: don't do that. Um, Our inexistent sponsors are going to drop us. Yeah. The oh, controversial, oh. controversial cannibal takes.
1: What was in that clam chowder?
0: <laughs> clam chowder, more like man chowder. Oh.
1: <laughs> Ew.
0: Man chowder, something completely different. That's
1: another thing. Um,. Anyway, it worked. The U.S. doubled its calamari consumption by 1994.
0: We're getting we're getting bamboozled left and right by these.
1: We are easily manipulated into
0: what we like to eat. Into
1: what we like to eat, like, and I mean, there's so many foods where it's like that. Like, lobster was at one point like a trash fish oh, that yeah. nobody wanted, and now it's like a delicacy. I
0: mean, I lo- I'm thinking that like there's something about like the hot chicken since that's like the the craze now. I'm thinking. Hot, there's a hot chicken council out there. Like, <laughs> we got we got reserves of hot sauce in Fort Knox that we got to get rid of.
1: Oh my god, we need to do something with all this hot sauce. What are we gonna do
0: with all this hot sauce? And then a chicken farmer's like, I know
1: that this is gonna benefit both of us. Also,
0: if you want to hear the real history of hot chicken, go That's back and episode listen, that we did a couple weeks ago. Listen to that episode.
1: So yes, yeah, so the U.S. eats a lot more calamari than it did in the '60s, but. We still eat way less squid than lots of other places, so there's definitely room for improvement, America.
0: Other than, like, other than calamari or in sushi, I don't think I've really seen squid on the menu places.
1: I think it's not super, still very accepted in the U.S. outside of calamari. Right,
0: but you would think, like, we, we go to enough, like, other restaurants of different ethnicities I would think that I would maybe but maybe it's just like so unappealing to Americans that they don't even try to put it on menus I think I've seen a squid salad before
1: yeah so there's I just googled most popular squid dishes so in Japan you can get like grilled squid you can get and I've had this actually in Denmark you can get noodles that are made out of squid. Oh,
0: that's so cool! I want that. That sounds so slimy.
1: It's slimy. I it's want interesting. It. It's it's it was good. I had it. The place I had it in Denmark was a fancy restaurant, so it was well done. Even though I was a little, uh, what's the Turn, word? Turned off by turned the off, yeah, like questioning of it. I can't remember yeah. the word for that, but just I was a little uncertain.
0: All right, so I'm going to, that's what I'm going to do after this. I'm going to find a squid noodle recipe. Yeah, find a
1: squid noodle. Yeah, but there's also, like, fried squid, tempura squid. Japan is a place that eats a lot of squid, and so any sort of looks like traditional Japanese preparation that you're familiar with, like, squid can also be made in that way. Yeah. So I think we're just not going to authentic enough Japanese restaurants to have grilled squid on the menu.
0: yeah. And if we are, we're doing omakase. Exactly, and, they're and we're giving just it eating to us what they give us.
1: Yeah. So, in any event, that's the story of calamari in America in general. But then Rhode Island also has some specific
0: yes, tell me. calamari
1: facts. I'm so,
0: fascinated that this is something I did not know existed before this podcast.
1: Yeah. So calamari in Rhode Island is a little bit. Rhode Island-style calamari kind of predates this general America push to eat calamari because Rhode Island has a big Italian-American community. And Mm. since fried calamari is a popular dish in Italy, places were already serving it among the Italian community. Right. And so that's how this kind of evolved a little bit separately. Okay.
0: I didn't even know there was a big Italian population in Rhode Island.
1: Yeah, so it's a place where a lot of immigrants from Italy has settled, and so they brought some of their food, and...
0: (coughs) I just made a dumb connection in my head. Whenever, like, the Departed or the Sopranos talk about going to Providence, and like, the mobsters in Providence, that...
1: That's in Rhode Island, yes. yes, I
0: just made that connection. Cool. Uh, go back, make it the Sopranos. Make a little more sense. To
1: me. <laughs> like, oh, that's what they mean by Providence. That's what
0: they mean by people from Providence. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So there, and Boston has a large Italian community too. You've been to the North End. Yeah. So there's the people were already eating calamari in Rhode Island prior to the government trying to get people on board, but it's definitely become more popular as it's become more popular nationwide. Yeah. So. Some facts I learned is Rhode Island harvests more calamari than any other kind of fish.
0: Oh, weird.
1: And it also, despite the fact that those efforts to make calamari popular were spearheaded by a New York commerce, Rhode Island actually brings in 54% of the squid in the Northeast. Small little Rhode Island? Yeah, they're out there catching all the squid.
0: Well, I mean, that... I guess that's good that this happened so that they could do that. Yeah. But but that's so weird that, because Rhode Island's not big at all.
1: Rhode Island's not big, but they have a coastline. Yeah. And I don't know how, like, ocean rights (laughs) are divided up between states.
0: (laughs) I think it's like, okay, Maryland, you have first pick. What do you want? They just draft. Then they're like, we'll take crabs. And Rhode Island was just at the end of the line, where they're like, "What do we have?" Well, you can have dirt, or you can have squid. (laughs) Squid.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, they basically have clams and squid. Yeah. Um, but so they apparently harvest lots of squid. Most of the squid in the Northeast are fifty-four percent, so slightly more than half. But this is what I thought was really fascinating: is most of the squid that's caught in Rhode Island is then sent to China for processing and then sent back to the US. That seems
0: woefully ineffective. Yeah, so even inefficient. Though, even
1: though it seems like it would be like eating local and having like a good carbon footprint, like it's extremely
0: Is it so is it like it's cheaper for the companies to process it in China even with the like travel of like getting it there and back?
1: I think we just don't have the processing infrastructure.
0: Interesting.
1: Because of how recently squid has been popular. I mean, well, I guess it's been like 40 or 50 years now, but like they said that some local processing plants are being built so that it doesn't have to be transported to China.
0: Yeah, you would think that they would have done that from the beginning.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not involved in the <laughs> calamari manufacturing decisions. I also don't know how difficult it is to process calamari. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I, that is a question because you always see them in like, perfect rings. Yeah. And it's like, you know that there's some like, not great, cal, not great squid out there that probably tastes the exact same, but for our delicate like, <laughs> eyes, we can't have a non-ring calamari. All
1: squids are beautiful.
0: Yeah. Maybe. Sometimes you
1: get the tentacles. Do you eat the tentacles? Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. I love the tentacles.
1: Some people don't eat the tentacles. Like, I know people who are like, I eat the rings, but not the tentacles. Oh,
0: the tentacles are great because it's like more, it's like more, I feel like every time you get a tentacle, it's like a prize.
1: You no, know? <laughs> oh, they're they're weird, but they're good. Yeah. And it is more meaty. It's more meaty in the tentacle pieces. I wish
0: we had more calamari. <laughs> yeah,
1: <you're, laughs> like, I want just now tentacles. That
0: now that we're talking about it, I want to order another round.
1: Well, we can do that. We can get calamari for dinner. So, the um, the last thing I wanted to say is that I also learned that if you get Rhode Island calamari, and I don't know since this is in Chicago, I don't know how like true to form this is, but in Rhode Island, it's long fin squid okay. is the most common variety in that part of the ocean, and it's good for calamari because it's a little sweet mm-hmm. and it's tender and it maintains its texture when it's fried.
0: Yes. I believe that all of that was true about what we just ate.
1: Yeah, I don't think it was not tender.
0: But it was hard to tell the sweetness because of the the, the pepper flavor. The pepper. Which yeah. do again, big improvement of your normal like uh, like TGI Fridays calamari. Right.
1: Yeah, and it's the official state appetizer of Rhode Island.
0: Interesting.
1: So now you know a fact about Rhode Island.
0: I know multiple facts about Rhode Island now that I didn't know before.
1: <laughs> Next time you see my dad, you can be like, I learned something about Delaware.
0: And the guys in Providence.
1: <laughs> so we also had an Indian clam chowder. Yes. And you said that you had some thoughts about it.
0: I did. Uh, and, and I think that the, the first thought is about the crab. Oh, okay. Were we going to talk about the crab? Or? We can
1: talk about the crab now.
0: Okay. Because I know you have more research done about the clam chowder. Yeah. But but before we get that, uh, I used to always think that anything with, like, crab was, like, the high-class decadent anything. Uh Uh-huh. So it blows my mind that there's just, like, crab in a soup. And you can, like, taste the... You can pick out the pieces of crab. Oh, really? You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, like, we spent time in Baltimore growing up because I had family there. And it was just, like... Nope, they were just like, yeah, we, we have we have crab, like, every Thursday, and we have crab cakes all the time, and I'm just like, what? You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so you just didn't have as much access to crab. We had no Oklahoma. access
0: to crab, really, and it was such, like, a, it was such a weird thing when people are just like, yeah, we eat crab normally. We make soup bisque out of it.
1: <laughs> so, and
0: I, but I still have, like, some of that going on in me where I'm just like, this is, I shouldn't be eating this crab in a soup.
1: <laughs> You're like I've wasted crab. We're
0: wasting the crab by putting it in a soup.
1: That's so interesting. You I feel like I mean? some of the first dishes I had crab in was like crab soups and crab cakes. Yeah. And I but crab
0: cakes seem like the most decadent of appetizer that you could have to me.
1: Yeah, it depends. I mean, sometimes they're really like heavy on the crab, and yeah. they're really good, and sometimes they're, like, mostly filling with a little crab. You
0: gotta get that crab portion. I want, like, 60, 80, or, <laughs> I want, that's like, an interesting ratio. <laughs> I want, like, I want, like, 80, 20 crab.
1: That's hard to get. Right. I mean, you have to have a little bit of a binding agent, or else you're just eating crab. And by,
0: and by 20, I mean the uh, aioli that's on top of <laughs> it. I just want crab with aioli.
1: <laughs> like, I just want to eat crab by itself.
0: But I was so, so I was a big fan of that, and I want more crab bisque. Um, but for the clam chowder...
1: Yeah, so I didn't do a whole lot of research on crab bisque, so we'll yes. have to get it again for another episode. Yes.
0: But for the clam chowder, uh, here are my thoughts. hmm I, again, this is probably regionally, when I think of clam chowder, I think of, like, Campbell's mm-hmm. clam chowder. And uh, this, you could... And that is, like, a mush, more of a mush, you know? And with this, you could actually taste the clams. Yeah. And I'm not used to... I'm used to clam chowder having the, like, the taste of clams, but not being able to, like, pick out what a clam is, what a potato is.
1: Oh, really? You know
0: what I mean? Like, have you ever had the Campbell's clam chowder?
1: I've had Campbell's clam chowder. Yeah. And it's definitely not the same when it has like more fresh clams or real clams in it absolutely but i've also had a lot of clam chowder where the clams are identifiably clams yeah and the potatoes are identifiably potatoes
0: i'm trying to think back when i made clam chowder for you one time i think that i used my immersion blender too much in it now that i've had this clam chowder you know what i mean
1: I don't know. I liked the version you made. Yeah. I don't recall how I'm... I, I think you use a lot of the clam juice, which I think is yeah. nice. But, but I think there were clams in it. Okay.
0: Well, I think, I think that my opinion on clam chowder has changed because obviously I was very...
1: Interesting.
0: Just because, like, I feel like you could be able to make a clam chowder that is not as, like, thick mm-hmm. still with all the ingredients. But I was just like, oh, yeah, clam chowder needs the consistency of cream of mushroom soup.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, so that's really interesting because when I was reading about it, so most varieties of clam chowder include clams, potatoes, onion, and then, although this one didn't, usually includes, like, some form of pork. Oh, okay. Like a bacon.
0: Right, Um,
1: But... There's lots of different varieties in terms of the broth.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, New England obviously has a cream-based broth. There's Manhattan with tomato. There's a bunch of other versions out there, including a few that use a clear broth.
0: Ooh, See, that would probably be more up my alley of a clam chowder with a clear broth.
1: Yeah, so Rhode Island and the Outer Banks are both areas where you... See clam chowder. This is,
0: is so cool. we are sponsored by the Rhode Island Tourism Council. Yeah,
1: this, everybody go to Rhode Island.
0: have your have your clear, have your pepper squid, pepper and, squid your and clear chowder.
1: Yeah, I've never I've been to Rhode Island a good amount. I never seen clear I clam chowder. I feel zone.
0: that all of New England generally has it like we have. New England clam New is New more England. common. Yes.
1: Yeah. So This is one of those foods where the history is just that, like, this kind of a food has always existed to a certain extent. Like, indigenous people in the New England area cooked clams for hundreds or thousands of years, and they have a long history of making stews Mm -hmm. with clams, often including corn and beans. So, clam chowder has a very, like, long history. Yeah. And then when Europeans settled in New England, they basically learned how to make stews with clams and used whatever... So they would use whatever, like, clams or fish or whatever they caught, and then a broth or water, and then they would eat it with a thick biscuit.
0: I feel like at a certain point, you can go all the way back and be like, how was this stew created? It's like... Well, they were just using whatever they had.
1: Exactly. They are just taking whatever they had, cooking it in water. Yep. And so the name chowder, there's two potential origins of the word chowder. Okay. Which I got curious about when I was doing research and I was looking at the word chowder a lot. And I was like, what does that even mean? And
0: then you're just looking up what the word chowder is and not the history of chowder.
1: Exactly. So, but it, it relates to the history. So it was cooked into... Uh, chaudier, chaudier, which is a French word for chaudier. chaudier. I don't speak French. It was a, it's a cauldron or a pot that was used to cook stews. Okay. So that word kind of sounds like chowder. And then some etymologists also credit it to the 16th century English word for a fishmonger, which was called a jouter. A jouter. So we've got two words that kind of sound like chowder that would have been associated with chowder.
0: Ursh.
1: And pick your favorite. Chowder. Chowder. I like chowder because I know how to say
0: it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I also like chowder because of the Simpsons joke where uh, somebody tries to order chowder at a fancy restaurant and the guy's like, chowder.
0: Chowder sh- sh- sounds like T-Pain saying shorty. Chowder! chowder. <laughs>
1: We can write a third rumor of how chowder got how ch- <laughs> it, was.
0: it was actually in Flor- Miami, Florida. In Chatter. circa 2001. A young T-Pain sat down at his computer.
1: <laughs> right. So there's been variations of uh, fish stew. Uh, like, we're eating everywhere in yeah. the U.S. And if you didn't have clams, you just use whatever fish you had. I wasn't clear on exactly when people started putting cream in it. But, like, by the 1800s, you would see recipes that called for milk or cream or some kind of, like, butter. Um, And New England clam chowder, in the form that we know today, was being served at the old Union Oyster House in Boston by 1836. And that restaurant is still open. It's the oldest continuously operating restaurant in the country.
0: But uh, they have a good recipe but probably needs some repairs
1: yes (laughs) i bet they update it i feel like that's one of those things that people go to boston and they're like we have to go to oyster house and get clam chowder so okay
0: so you've been there before yeah okay
1: it's fine it's not (laughs) like there's i wouldn't be like oh this is really weird it's just like water with clams in
0: it (laughs) you make it sound so appealing
1: (laughs) Clam water. Clam
0: water. Mm. No,
1: I think they learned how to make it delicious. Um another fun fact is that in seventeen ninety two John Pearson opened the first commercial bakery in the US. Um, it was called Pearson and Sons, and they made something called Hard Tack. Do you know what that is?
0: Hard tack? Yeah. Is that like the stuff you used to put up posters on your wall, like yeah, the, the gooey, blue Yeah, you make it at stem? a bakery. Oh, really? No. it's. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was like, did I get it right?
1: No, so you did not get it right. Hardtack is like a word for like biscuits you would take on a ship. Oh. On like a long journey across the ocean because now, they... Now, by
0: biscuits, do you mean like English biscuits? Like cookies?
1: I kind of mean like crackers. Like oh, okay. I don't mean... Like a biscuit. Sweet, but right. I also don't mean... Delicious. Like I, mean,
0: <laughs> I don't mean good.
1: <laughs> they're, like, basically, like, food that, like, you can eat on a boat, and then people would also use it to thicken their chowder. Oh. And so they are the predecessor of oyster crackers. Just
0: soggy bread.
1: Yeah, which we didn't get any oyster crackers. We did not, but it's okay. Instead, they gave us celery, which is...
0: I prefer celery.
1: I would much rather have an oyster <laughs> cracker. Um... Yeah, I noticed none of the listed ingredients for clam chowder were celery. So, no,
0: but most stews. celery, celery is, a, is common in soup. Very common soup and stew. Yeah. Just because you say you don't like it
1: doesn't mean the world is gonna remove it from everything. And, and
0: you do like it. You just don't like you don't like big chunks of it. I don't like it. You do. <laughs>
1: um,
0: You've eaten it when I when I put celery and stuff, and it's been like completely like.
1: Yeah, if I can't taste it, I like it. Yeah. I don't know what the problem is.
0: I'm just sneaking celery in all of your meals. I'm
1: like a four-year-old, <laughs> and you're like, this is a brownie. You need
0: all the celery. It's
1: also,
0: it's also just like, it doesn't add really anything. Right. So. So you agree with me. No.
1: So, anyway, fun <laughs> fact. So, this, these biscuits turned into oyster crackers. The biggest... And they still make them today, but the company Pearson & Sons grew and became Nabisco. Oh, whoa. Did you know? No. That Nabisco, do you know what it stands for?
0: Nesbit Company?
1: National Biscuit Company. Oh. Yeah.
0: Did not know that.
1: That's true. I knew that. I knew it was National Biscuit Company, but I didn't know it like evolved from an actual... Biscuit this feels
0: this feels like a episode of food that built America.
1: Yeah, I would be interesting to hear the whole story of Nabisco. Yeah, but I think they still make oyster crackers that you can get with your soup if they give you them. Um. Now, the other thing that I thought I learned a lot—those I thought was fun—you've heard of Manhattan clam chowder, yeah? Yes. Have you I'm, ever had it? No. I've never had it either.
0: But it's but it's basically the same thing except it's tomato juice and or tomato
1: exactly instead of it's a tomato base instead of a cream base
0: does it still have potatoes in it i think so okay
1: so i've never had it and it doesn't appeal to me because i grew up eating new england and i feel like a little like biased about that
0: i also think if i'm gonna have a tomato based soup it's gonna be like a tomato basil bisque or something like that right i would just
1: eat tomato soup if i wanted tomato soup although
0: i wonder what was the base of the uh of the, uh, crab.
1: So bisque is its own thing. Oh, okay. It seemed like it was tomato. Yeah. But, so um, And I
0: didn't hate that.
1: But, like, bisque is a broth that is made from the seafood. So it originated, I did do a little dive, originated in 17th century France.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's a method of extracting flavor from imperfect crustaceans not good enough to send to market. So, you basically take your imperfect crustaceans and then you. That's a,
0: that's a company that I would
1: <laughs> get, get
0: things ordered from. You'd
1: yeah. order from, yeah, and then you bake it, basically, you make it into a soup.
0: Yeah. So, you,
1: you include including the shells and then you strain it so you don't eat any of the shells. So, I think a lot of the color could come from the seafood itself, but it does seem like there's probably also tomato in the I broth. I wonder
0: if I can make a bisque out of the uh, shells of shrimp that i have in the freezer
1: yeah i think you would want to look up what other ingredients yeah. you would want to put in it but i think if you use like shrimp and then shrimp shells you could use those to make a yeah. soup base. yeah
0: yeah that's good i have a project now
1: cool yeah so tell us how that goes on a future episode um but so manhattan clam chowder is much more recent than new england clam chowder The first recipe was published in 1934, and I don't think it's actually from Manhattan. I think just the person that came up with the recipe called it Manhattan to distinguish it from New England, Uh, but it's not, like, super tied to the location in the same way that New England is. Yeah,
0: I don't think that they, like, you go to a fancy restaurant in Manhattan and they're serving Manhattan clam chowder.
1: Yeah, and I just got really confused in my head because I was like, oh, it's like the Big Apple. But tomatoes are not apples. They're just both round red things. If
0: there's one thing you're going to learn from this podcast episode, tomatoes are not apples.
1: Yeah, they're not. That's not why it's called Manhattan clam chowder, because apples fall in the same general category as tomatoes. Yes. It's not why. Nope. So the first recipe was published in 1934, and then in 1939, a Maine legislator. And I was really disappointed. I read this in two articles, and one of the articles failed to include the name of this legislator, but okay. it's a great one. Okay. So this it was a state representative in Maine. His name is Cleveland Sleeper.
0: <laughs> that sounds like a train.
1: It does. <laughs> oh, we took the Cleveland Sleeper. We took Sleeper. the Cleveland
0: Sleeper. <laughs> That's overnight, hilarious. overnight on the Cleveland Sleeper.
1: <laughs> one night on the Cleveland Sleeper. Um, so he introduced a bill outlawing the use of tomatoes and chowder. Wow. In Maine. He was a Maine congressman only, so this was just a state bill. It prohibited Manhattan clam chowder in Maine, and guilty parties would be sentenced with the impossible task of having to dig up a barrel of clams at high tide
0: say, why can't we get back to politics like this?
1: Yeah, they took it, like, so seriously, and it was really funny. Did it pass? Um, I don't think it passed. No,
0: what? Yeah, it wasn't approved. it's crazy?
1: Yeah, because it's a a waste of resources in the middle of the Great Depression Yeah, weird. Weird. Um, He was just so mad about it, he's like, we just can't stand. So they had a cook-off. Maine decided instead of, like, having a ban, they would just have a very rigged to cook off where all of the judges were from New England. Okay. And they, and they voted that New England clam chowder was better.
0: Weird. Weird how that works out.
1: <laughs>
0: Justice for uh, Manhattan clam chowder. The <laughs> deal.
1: Yeah, and then somebody after that, right after that, wrote a, uh... wait, I didn't read this before. Cleveland Sleeper, after the great clam chowder cook-off, was quoted as saying, if a clam could vote, I would be elected president.
0: <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, Voting rights for clams.
0: I've always thought, you know...
1: <laughs> what if clams could vote?
0: If I've always thought if zoo animals could vote, I'd be the mayor of Chicago, but... <laughs>
1: There aren't enough zoo animals in Chicago to outweigh the will of the people. But I
0: feel like the zoo animals are able to pull a lot of sway.
1: Yeah. They're (laughs) very popular. If if zoo animals could vote and also campaign.
0: I don't think that clams are old enough to vote. I don't think you ever get an 18-year-old clam.
1: I don't know. Giant clams? Maybe. Yeah.
0: I don't think you want to eat 18-year-old clams.
1: I don't think you want to eat voters.
0: Again, back to this uh, cannibal <laughs> podcast.
1: Um. <so laughs> anyway, people in New England at Take that time to real this day seriously. pretty serious about New England clam chowder. Well, you're the one
0: that told me that they sell it. They sell it at, at the Red the Sox Red Sox baseball game, which seems like the worst possible thing to eat at a baseball game. Just. Not Take away the fact that most baseball happens in the summer, and you're outside, and it's hot. Yeah. But then to... It's, like, impractical to eat a cup of soup at a baseball game. I
1: think we've talked about this, but I think it's just most practical to eat things that don't require utensils. Exactly.
0: It's just... What happens if a fly ball comes and lands in your clam chowder?
1: I think that would be on ESPN top plays for the rest of time.
0: Do you have to chug it like the people that catch balls with beer?
1: (laughs) And you're just like, it's like, okay. (laughs) You like burn your stomach. I
0: gotta chug this hot clam chowder on (laughs) this 90 degree day in Boston.
1: (laughs) Disgusting. Okay, last fun fact about Manhattan clam chowder. The reason... Or one of the hypothesized reasons why Manhattan clam chowder was introduced so much later than New England clam chowder is that Europeans thought for a really long time that tomatoes were poisonous. <laughs> so it just took a really long time. We'll have to talk about that in more detail on another episode.
0: We'll have to do episode. the... the, the- until the t- tomato lobby got involved and was like, we need to t- convince people that we aren't poisonous. Right. There's
1: probably some very similar story of like, how did everybody start eating tomatoes when for a very long time they refused to eat tomatoes?
0: Which is crazy because I think that tomatoes are one of the mo- more versatile, widely used.
1: Extremely versatile. Like food, And also easy to grow. I feel yeah. like tomatoes are one of those things that, like, if you have a kitchen garden, that's, like, definitely something you've tried to grow. Oh,
0: for sure, yeah. No, it's, I like, there's all kinds of different sauces and salads and...
1: Yeah, you can eat them raw, you can eat them in the sauce, you can use them as a base for any number of other sauces. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, I feel like it's one of the other sauces, but, like, at some point, it switched from, like, we don't eat this to, like, this is in everything. Interesting. So, maybe we'll talk about that on a future episode.
0: Stay tuned for tomato time.
1: <laughs> Talking tomatoes.
0: Talking tomatoes.
1: And and that's it. That's the story of the two things we ate today. Do you have I, any questions? Well, I think that
0: was <laughs> I think that was very fun. I I want yes. Can we get some more calamari? We can get some more calamari. I don't know why
1: I got all david pumpkin pumpkinhead. Any questions?